Welcome to Biz Help For You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. There always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here is your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Creating and Implementing a Marketing Plan, informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, a link is located under the episode directory on my Voice America page, as well as links for iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abnp.com. Now let me give a little bit of background on our guest. The CEO and founder of Putman Financial Group, Cherie is committed to the success of business owners and their businesses by supporting the needs of her clients in the areas of accounting, tax, advisory, and wealth management services. Cherie's holistic and collaborative approach results in her ability to help business owners to grow in the revenue, increase profitability, achieve asset protection, improve cash flow, secure their wealth through comprehensive financial planning, and securing their future through succession and estate planning, all while minimizing their overall tax burden. Prior to establishing her CPA and wealth management firms, Cherie held positions at both international and local CPA firms. Her position specialized in accounting, tax, financial planning, and business consulting. A California native, Cherie resides in Redondo Beach with her husband, John, and two sons, Matthew and Brandon. So, Cherie, welcome to the show today. Thanks, Candy. It's great to be here. So, I wanted to start out, obviously, I gave a little bit of background about you, but if you can tell us just a bit more of your background and how you became a CPA. Certainly. Um, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. My grandparents and great-grandmother owned snack shops and restaurants in the Venice Beach area. That's how my parents met. My dad, for as long as I could remember, has owned a few businesses uh, off and on, and I grew up in his business. So spending time there, we didn't, we did not have uh, Game Boys, we didn't have iPads, so I had a calculator and mm-hmm. one that had a tape, and I was fascinated with adding numbers and seeing how quick I could go. Watching his advisors, um, I decided that uh, bookkeepers and CPAs saw the purview of business. And at five years old, I told my parents for some strange reason I wanted to be a CPA. <laughs> Which I love that story. That's awesome. So it wasn't um, surprising that when I applied to USC, I had checked the box for an accounting major, added finance a bit later, and we just haven't turned back. Mm-hmm. Established my firm in 96 and my financial firm in 2003. Well, and you've been working with businesses for a long time, obviously. So where do you see businesses struggle when it comes to tax preparation? Certainly. Um, let's define what tax preparation is. That's really simply the completion of the forms and filing a complete and accurate tax return. So where we see businesses struggle is the process and procedures and the strategy before. Mm -hmm. And that's getting your information ready, keeping information um, readily available to uh, go into the tax process. So there's a a few things for that that we see uh, good, bad. Um, Business owners fail to properly plan their their incorporation, their business entity. They just strap on a business and just go And it takes planning. It takes planning with their team as to how they're going to account for things, how they're going to invoice, how they're going to um, just conduct their business. And so we see that a lack of time, a lack of resource, a lack of value really for the whole accounting process. Mm -hmm. As you know, accounting is uh, kind of that stepchild. Right. One of the things you have to do. You know, you have to get your taxes done, but doing all that prep is not really so much fun. Yeah, exactly. And when we think about tax, we think it's like negative, right? It's like going to the dentist. I I know we've been compared (laughs) with dentists. It's like, don't do that. Uh, So it's, and what do you do with negative things? You tend to push them them off. off. Right. So 
That's where we we encourage our business owners to plan from the get-go, plan their growth, plan their strategy, and find out uh, what numbers that they need from their business. Mm-hmm. And be prepared at tax time to give you the information that they actually need for tax prep. Right. And and preparation is not on March 1st for a due date of March 15th, right? Exactly. Or, you know, it's like, oh, well, I'll just file the extension at the end of the year, you know, or September, October, whenever my due date is. So I'll get to it around then. <laughs> well, yeah, because once you're past that that deadline, once you're past the December 31st, if you're a calendar year, there's not, you can't plan 10 months later, right? nine months later. We have clients that think we can, but we're not magicians. We're not able to pull rabbits out of a hat. Mm-hmm. So in light of recent tax law changes, should an entrepreneur reconsider their entity structure? Absolutely. This was the, the largest rewrite to our tax law that we've seen since 1986. So 30 years from when the law was passed. And it had significant changes to corporate entities for tax structure, as well as pass-through entities with qualified business income and how that is treated on their individual returns. So we recommend uh, that, that business owners take a look and see if their entities are still appropriate as they, they set up. Um, corporations, the rates, we went from a progressive rate of a 15, 25 30, 34% rate now to a flat rate of 21%. Uh, and I'm speaking of federal, not California rates. And so um, a lot of people were surprised this year that didn't come in for planning. Um, they left taxable income uh, in their corporation. And previously, they paid very little tax or no tax. And then all of a sudden, um, boom, 21%. So some saw a tax increase. Right, And I think that was part of the misconception of what was going to happen because you heard oh taxes are changing you're going to not pay as much you know you have this additional you know write off if you're in the right entity you know or the right industry 20 percent pass through that's not taxed right. so yes I think there was this misconception that I'm not going to owe as much and then surprise and that actually on the same thing what we saw from some people on payroll, they were told, of course, you should look at your W-2 because things are changing and they didn't update and all of a sudden they owed money at the end of the year. And like, why? Like I never did before. Yeah, we had a lot of catastrophic um, business owners that were just, they either didn't listen to our calls for planning and checking. It, it, the IRS did a fantastic job this year about, you know, check your check your withholding, check your W-2s and um, make sure that you're ready to go. And so what happened was, is that people recognized the tax decrease during the year. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, it's nice to have that extra cash flow, but you still have to save for taxes. Right, exactly. So talking about some of these things that can affect taxes, let's, you know, discuss depreciation and what are some of those rules surrounding depreciation? Sure. So let's talk about um, what leads to depreciation. So typically it's the purchase of a property plant asset, like a computer piece of furniture for your business that has a useful life over one year. And so for tax purposes, if you go purchase a $100,000 piece of equipment, that doesn't mean that you get to deduct that $100,000 if it has a useful life of five years, you're going to see a $20,000 deduction against your taxable income. So that's how depreciation works. And there's various methodologies that, that we won't get into. But there's a couple of planning items that we tend to use with our business owners, and particularly this time of year um, in the fourth quarter, is we there's something called Section 179, which is a tax election to directly expense your property plant equipment cost. And so if you purchase that 100,000 and it was placed in service, say in 2019, this year, and if you had 100,000 of income, you could directly expense that against. And you're still going through the reporting mechanism of showing that as an asset on your books. You're just not burying it in your expenses. So there's a proper format to use in completing the forms. Um, but that is beneficial to um, business owners, particularly at this time of year. Mm-hmm. And we always look at, uh, do you need are you having additional income next year? Is next year going to be a big year? And so we kind of run a multi-year projection to determine the timing of a Section 179. Um, Section 179 is only available if you have taxable income. You can certainly make the election and carry it forward so you don't lose it. But there's something else that it might be more beneficial, and that is bonus depreciation. 
So bonus depreciation has been around off and on for a couple years. And for 2019, it's 100%. And that's for new and used equipment uh, placed in service in that taxable year. Um, The nice thing about that is that the business can have a net loss and still take advantage of that bonus depreciation in that year and actually cause a greater loss. And believe it or not, Mm -hmm. there are some reasons that we Mm -hmm. want to do that. So I think this brings up the fact that we were talking about the tax planning really needs to be throughout the year, not at the end of the year. So this is a perfect example of why they should come see you early. So they kind of know where they are income wise and which method they should use then for taking this depreciation. Absolutely. And and if you're thinking about purchasing um, equipment, then talk to your advisors before mm-hmm. um, so that we can give you a little bit of education, talk to you about your numbers, and kind of provide some parameters so you can make a smart decision. Right. And I've actually heard professionals say that, like, I wish my client would have come to me so we could have really talked about what's going to happen if you do it now versus what if you put it off till next year and that impact. And had they gotten that advice, it would have been, you know, in their favor to have done so. Well, and so funny story, we just had a client um, new to us this year. They were on extension when they boarded our firm and they purchased a Tesla Mm. and they purchased it and took delivery on December 28th of 2018. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, 2018. And so when we got through his tax return, that's a $7,500 credit for 2018. It's now gone down Mm -hmm. according to the rules. But he didn't have enough income to take that credit. And so he did his own little tax planning on his little napkin and gave that to us. And we prepared it. And he came back and said, why why didn't I get the full credit? And I go, well, you didn't have enough income to take the credit. Well, certainly I'll get it in 2019. I go, no, it's done. Mm. It's over. It's lost. Mm. So a prime example of if if he was working with his tax advisor at the time, he may have had a very different outcome. We would have said, well, you might potentially want to pick it up on January 2nd or 3rd. And you could have looked at both options and he could have made his decision based on the information provided. Absolutely. Hmm. So should a business owner consider implementing a retirement plan? Absolutely. Um, With a caveat, when they're ready. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, depending on the structure of the business and if the business owner is husband, wife, or or sole person in the business or whether they have employees, um, there again, it comes back to that planning at the beginning of what is my end game? What is the purpose of my business? What do I need as a business owner and my family needs as a business owner from our business? And there's multitude of plans out there. Uh, we won't talk about all the plans because that could take the rest of your show. Okay. <laughs> um, but just suffice it to say that there's there's different plans out there. You can um, coordinate plans to work together. So if you have employees, you can have a defined benefit plan that would allow a business owner to put away more money and, and also allow for his employees um, to participate in a 401k. It just depends on the structure of the business and how profitable the business is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a retirement plan is a great way to put away money on a tax deductible, tax deferred basis. Right, which is ideal to talk about, again, putting away for retirement, whether you do a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA, that's another thing to talk about, you know, with the financial planner and the CPA uh, to figure, you know, what up, what is the best uh, method for now. Um, But again, that brings to the fact that we really need to be focusing on this more than just in, you know, December or the very end of the year, talking with your professional throughout the year to really look at your situation and make sure you know the best method for uh, you at that instance. So, but it looks like it's actually time for us to take a break. So when we come back, we'll continue to chat with Cherie on items that can affect your taxes. You're listening to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer on Voice America Internet Radio. We'll be right back after this brief commercial break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to BizHelp for You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to BizHelp for You. Welcome back to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. In the last segment, Cherie Putman of Putman Financial Group told us about her background and some of the issues businesses struggle with in regard to tax preparation. Now let's learn more about what this can do to affect your taxes. So Cherie, what are some of the fringe benefits that an employer can offer to their employees? Well, we we left off with retirement planning and retire setting up a retirement plan, and that is definitely one of the main um, fringe benefits that we see our clients utilize. Uh, others that come to mind that are common: uh, medical insurance, long-term care insurance, tuition reimbursement, company car, and gym memberships. And there's a whole host of other items as well. Um, the one thing to keep in mind that is that it depends on what type of entity your your business is structured, whether mm-hmm. the owner can take a benefit, and how that's reported in the possible taxation that comes with that. So one thing that comes to mind, Candy, is the S-corporations and the health insurance. Right. Right. So um, at the end of the year, there needs to be a reporting on the W-2 for the the um, employee for the owner of the of the business. So just keep in mind that check out what entity you are and just don't assume that you can provide health insurance or a certain type of benefit, particularly to the owners of the owner's spouses. Right. Well, and I think the other thing they'll have to take in mind is what is your cost to do so? Obviously, implementing a medical plan, you have to pay your share of the employee's you know, premiums as well. And so, again, sitting down and looking at what are the implications of if you implement this, what is your cost? What's your tax benefit? Right. Absolutely. And you brought up a a good point about the medical insurance. You know, being here in California, it's very expensive Mm -hmm. um, to cover your employees. And so we see folks, business owners, pay for their own insurance through their business, but they have employees and they're not covering their employees. And Mm. so, folks, you can't do that. That's discrimination. Right. So can you touch on the fact 
that meals and entertainment expenses need to be separated and why. I know this is confusing to people now. They thought, well, in the past, everything was just bundled together. So why should I have to worry about splitting that? (laughs) It's still confusing to us as, (laughs) as practitioners. And, you know, the IRS just finalized the regulation for meals and entertainment long after the tax season in April. Mm-hmm. So um, when law changes, we, we can interpret what was written to the best of our ability. Right. And so this is still a big gray area. And depending on who you listen to, depends on how it's interpreted. So here's, here's how we practice is that meals and entertainment um, have, as you said, long been combined in, in one category and basically 50% deductible. But what the new tax law said was is that entertainment folks is not deductible. And mm-hmm. that, that's kind of the first first deal. And so what's that mean? Well, a lot of people come in, and I'm sure you see this too, where their country club dues were tucked in or their season tickets right. for the Rams were tucked mm-hmm. in or the Chargers and, and things like that. We saw that as well. Those types of items were never deductible, well, for a very long time, have never been deductible. However, if you take a client to a a game with your season ticket, and you can document the five W's, the who, the what, the where, the why, the when, then sure, you could take 50% of that, providing that business was discussed. Right. Okay. So now none of that is deductible at all. Your golf fees nothing. What is deductible is our uh, meals still Mm -hmm. with your client, 50% of what you spend, again, five W's, and it has to be separately stated. So if it's with an entertainment, then it needs to be separately stated on the receipt. Another big thing that we see here is, and it affects larger businesses that might have a snack room or Mm -hmm. a lunch room and used to bring in sundry items, um, donuts, Coffee, chips, chips, yeah, (laughs) soda, things like that. Maybe bring in a lunch every once in a while, once a week. That used to be 100% deductible, and now it's 50%. Mm -hmm. And so we um, took just a proactive approach with our business clients for the ones that we were able to make the changes. And we just set up two separate accounts, one for meals, one for entertainment. We did the same yeah. for bookkeeping purposes Yeah, to make it easy for you. <laughs> yeah, and thank you very much. We appreciate that. Um, and so we you know, took care of that so that we weren't dealing with that in tax season and provided a, some education with our clients or their bookkeepers or their accounting staff of, okay, group, this is the new parameters that we have. Right. Can you touch on, because I think there's a misunderstanding with some entrepreneurs uh, about meals that they're purchasing for themselves. I'm working all day. I go to work at seven in the morning. I'm at the office till five or six. I get hungry. I need to run out and grab some food. You know, can you talk about that? Yeah. So uh, again, these rules are complex. Depends on your industry. Um, But very rarely is your typical meals and your nourishment during the day, no matter who you are, is deductible. Mm -hmm. And that's because everybody has to eat. Right. Right. Um, So when you're running by McDonald's or by Subway um, and you're charging that through your business, if it's client entertainment, that's fine. If you're away from your office and traveling overnight, Mm -hmm. that is fine. That's travel meals, and we have a whole separate category for that, right? Right. Um, but if it's just a day-to-day and you're hungry or, you know, it's that's that's a no. Right. And I think that's one of the misconceptions because it's like, well, I'm an entrepreneur. I get to write off my expenses. <laughs> right. But we try to educate on that as well. You can't just go out and, you know, put your groceries or, you know, McDonald's or whatever we're seeing, you know, on there because, again, you have to document the purpose of the meeting, right? If there's right. no meeting, you're not meeting with the client, you can't, you know, write that off. Yeah, so. exactly. And would you really meet with a client at McDonald's? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's talk about then when should businesses consider the timing of capturing income or expenses? And I think on this, we probably need to touch on what cash basis is and what accrual basis is. I know it's confusing for a lot of people. They don't even sometimes know their method, but if we can talk about that. Sure. So, most most small business owners are cash basis. And again, it depends on their industry, whether they have inventory or not. But let's talk about those definitions. So cash basis is when you actually constructively, that means that your hot little hands has the check 
mm-hmm. or your bank account received the ACH or wire, or you received cash, mm-hmm. and it doesn't necessarily need to hit the bank to be considered constructive receipt. It's when it's when you have it in your possession, mm-hmm. and that could be your desk drawer, that could be your staff has it. Um, that could be that your mailbox has it if your business is closed for the holidays. Mm-hmm. We run into a lot of this at year-end. Well, I closed my business on December 15th. Well, for that two weeks, they had been collecting money. It may not have been purchased and you know, deposited to the bank, right. but they constructively they, received mm-hmm. it. So um, on the other side with expenses, it's when you actually physically write the check or render payment mm-hmm. um, or credit card. Credit card purchases are also um, considered the same as cash. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people know that. So that's beneficial. Uh, for accrual, think of the other way. It's when you're invoicing your client. Um, and so a lot of us as a service business, we invoice our clients at the end of the year. And if we were accrual basis, that even though it's not collected till January, we would still have to pay income tax and include that in the year that we invoiced mm-hmm. as of the date of the invoice. So, and expenses, um, think of payables, that if you're on the cruel basis, you can deduct expenses that you're not going to pay until January or February. You can deduct those into that year prior. Right. So then that brings up the question again. So we're coming to the close to the end of the year. So what does someone do if they're trying to maybe put off some income or bring in some expenses? What should they do about planning those towards the end of the year? Certainly. So um, I always recommend that clients look over their receivables, that they know their customer. um, Because when we're coming down to tax planning, it's a really tough time, particularly with ACH and wires now. Mm -hmm. I know we take ACH payments. And so you you have somebody paying their bills for, you know, getting ready for New Year's. Mm -hmm. And, you know, your bell's going off in your your bank account. And we didn't plan for that. Mm -hmm. Clients are no different. So what we try to do is look at, again, look at their year, where they've been, and use their projections of what they feel is going to come in. And that's when we're talking about, well, okay, so there's going to be some additional income. Is there any property, plant, and equipment that your business needs? Is there anything, um, expenses that we can pay now to expense that might not be due till next year. So we try to match the income and the expenses as best as possible to come out with the most efficient tax scenario. So do you have any situations that you could share that were like, if we would known this, this could have happened or versus we could have put it off? You know, I'm sure you have some stories. Yeah. So a few years back when um, wire transfers and ACHs started to become popular, one of our clients um, who's in the medical business we did all this planning and we try to have our planning done just prior to the Christmas break, not that our office breaks, but just mm-hmm. to have that done. Cause we like to use that last week of the year for just wrap up in emergencies that come up just like this. <laughs> and so we had these conversations and we had the tax plan done. And all of a sudden I get a call on my cell phone from a client, longstanding client. And he's, you know, Sheree, we just received a wire of a hundred thousand dollars. This is like December 29th. And so from our planning, I pulled the planning notes. We had some items that we could do, but we decided to push them off because we expected that in like February of the following year, but the company was doing their own tax planning. Mm -hmm. And so they decided to, to pay it early and at the detriment of my client. So we just went through the list and said, well, you know, we've got a little bit higher of a, retirement contribution that we could make but it turned out that he needed a new big vehicle for his business and so he went out and purchased it and placed it in service just in time just in time (laughs) yeah and so it worked out it worked out okay since then what he has done is gone out to his vendors um, that he works with and has limited them to one ach a month on the 15th Hmm. and that has worked out well for the rest of the years interesting so can you touch on any of the benefits that in entrepreneurs would receive by employing their children? Sure. So um, under the new tax law change with the increase of the standard deduction to $12,200, it will be last year it was $12,000 um, in 2019, kids can make that much money. Now, don't know what else they have happening, you know, interest and dividends and unearned income, but just generally speaking, they can make up to that 12200 with zero tax impact 
on them. So it's a great way for our business owner clients to shift income, but not only shift income, but to give their um, children an opportunity to work, mm-hmm. um, to see how business is done. I, I was a benefit of, of right. that. My parents did that with me. And just be part of the family business and, and learn that. There's not a lot. I'm, I know in my circle of friends, there's not a lot of people that have had the opportunity to raise their kids that way. Right. Uh, and stuff. So, and of course, it has to be age appropriate. You you know, a four-year-old's not going to make $12,000 a year. Right. Unless maybe the business is in the baby clothing line or kid clothing line. <laughs> right. Right. Or something like that. And maybe they're modeling the clothes or going to the trade shows with their parents. You know, that would be convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, so there has to be a business purpose and it has to be a valid job that goes with the business. Right. And I think this comes back to even talking about what reasonable compensation would be and for the jobs and the age-appropriate work. And I know, again, it depends on the industry, but I remember, you know, before I had my own business, I worked for a publishing company and catalogs had to be sent. And so the owner's children were stuffing the envelopes and putting labels on them. And, you know, that was something that they could do and they earned, you know, money by doing that. And they're scanning or shredding documents or things a lot of people can do that you know and be paid for that but like you said it's not like oh well the standard deduction is twelve thousand dollars so i'm going to pay my four-year-old or like you said six-year-old or something twelve thousand dollars if they're not really doing something in the business right that's age appropriate so looking i mean it's just like the irs will look at officers and compensation as what's reasonable compensation and making sure yes like we're paying ourselves reasonable compensation for taxes right they're going to look at the same thing for your kids right absolutely and you know we we tell our business clients that it's a good idea to have a job description mm-hmm. you know even if it's just that their five-year-old is coming in and, and shredding Mm-hmm. Um, shutters have gotten pretty safe right um, I know I did my fair amount of <laughs> typing labels you know, actually with a typewriter to help with my parents marketing for their business mm-hmm. you know late on a Friday night in my room right uh, so um, shutters weren't so safe back then they might eat you <laughs> so oh, they, for kept sure. me, they kept me away tea. from that but I think can we just touch on so employers you know the parents know if they can or can't, because it really depends on the entity as well. Can we just touch on who can really take advantage of this? Sure. So where the, where the well, the advantage of paying your, your child or your young person um, through your business is generally there as long as they don't have other income. And so what is that? The other income is interest and dividends, you know, maybe a trust account or something that a grandparent set up or a parent has set up. And that's bringing income into the child's tax mm-hmm. scenario. So again, you know, message is, is you've got to check with your tax advisor. They can run um, projections for you so that you're well-educated of what your boundaries are. Um, but also in a sole proprietor, it's really beneficial because if the child is under, it's 18 or under, I don't want to say a child right. at 18, but right. 18 and under, um, they can save on payroll taxes. Right. Social Security, Medicare, FUDA, and that makes it even the pot's just that much sweeter. Right. And what if the parents, you know, I know that sometimes they think like, oh, there's a partnership and, you know, there's two people, but they're not necessarily both the parents, right? So they don't get to take advantage unless both biological parents are the partners of the business. Yes, Yes, absolutely. And if you have a corporation, then these don't apply. Right. Right. So right. again, it's important to know really what entity you truly are and uh, making sure that we are taking that properly. Right. And and it goes back to an earlier comment that we discussed, Candy, of what is the goals and objectives of the business owner with mm-hmm. their business and their family. Right. And And laying that all out and having that strategy so that it's there glued to your hips so you know when that time comes you know the steps that you need to do perhaps the questions that you need to ask absent of any rules and regulation changes like tax law exactly well it looks like it's actually time to take another quick break so be sure to hang around to hear more from Sheree Putman of Putman Financial Group regarding tax planning we'll be right back after a brief commercial break From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. If you are interested in the business of rental equipment, be sure to check out Rental Equip Talk Radio with host Donald Charbonnet. We talk to some of the top names in the rental industry, as well as cover topics that include safety, training, fleet management, legal issues, and more. We'll also cover the history and future of the rental equipment industry. Rental Equip Talk Radio can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to BizHelp for You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to BizHelp for You. Welcome back to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. Today I'm chatting with Sheree Putman of Putman Financial Group. Let's find out a bit more about what you need to know to plan for taxes all year long. So, Sheree, what kinds of financial or strategic planning should owners do and how often? So, I recommend checking your plan at least once a year um, to see how true your, your progress is to your plan, how you're progressing. And that's just not a year plan, but it, you should have a multi-year plan set up. You should have a three-year, a five-year, a ten-year game plan. Um, but again, f- as we've been talking in our, our messages, is that planning is an all-year-round game, but it's also financial and strategic planning for business owners is a multi-year game. Mm-hmm. And really, the most successful business owners are ones that have just continual to plan. And um, they might start with a 10-year plan, and it, it doesn't become a 9-year or an 8-year plan, but it, you add the next two years on. And so it's a rolling plan mm-hmm. is what we call it. And so... Again, we, um, we ask our clients, um, hey, what's important to you? What's important to your individual? What's important to your business? And just some examples that, that we ask. We have a checklist, uh, but we, we ask our clients, um, is it important to you to determine the best way that you might want to sell your business and retire? Mm-hmm. Because, again, entity selection has a big um, effect on that. We were recently working with one of our clients who was going to sell her practice and she's a C corporation. And so C corporations, the corporation gets taxed on the sale. And then when we either dissolve or we can't get the money out of the corporation at that time when that's that's distributed out, as you know, it's taxed again. Right. Right. Whereas if it was a flow through entity like an S corporation, then it's a single tax because the tax is paid at the individual um, tax level. So, and it, it takes under today's tax law, if you're going to prepare to sa- sell and you're a C corporation, we can make the election to move to S Corporation. And if it's approved, it takes us five years mm. in order to um, not be a participant of what they call the big tax, the built-in gains tax that you have from, from transitioning over. And I'm getting way too much into the weeds here. But just suffice it to say that the planning, and, and so it just comes back to that. Um, again, what's the purpose of the business? What, do you, what does a business owner want out of it? Business owners are taking the risk. Business owners are pouring the blood, sweat, and tears right. into the business. Um, they're they're building their dream. 
And and so do yourself a favor and and start to strategize about that. It's not you're not going to have all the answers right. as it goes, but again, as as you go and plan and the business grows, there's you know there's new thoughts that come up, new exactly. situations that avail themselves, mm-hmm. right? And then, well, we've already kind of touched on the exit plan, but that's really important. And you'd be surprised about how many business owners say, oh, I love what I'm doing. And that's fantastic. Right. A lot of times you can just keep going. But really, what is your um, exit plan? Right. And if you are planning to sell, you want to be profitable, have great cash flow. Right. And so many businesses struggle with that. So meeting with a financial planner, even to figure out some things to do, meeting with the CPA, you know, figuring all these things out to really make it work and make it desirable for someone to want to buy. And that's a great point. Um, business processes, mm-hmm. documentation uh, of the business make your business that much more valuable. Um, it's the process of doing things. It also helps. The other byproduct is is that as your employees are turning over or as you were growing, you have processes already in place. You have checklists so that things are done in a repeatable, predictable manner. Right. I actually had a client of mine call me uh, the other day just to say, hey, I have to update you on some things, you know, and I've started this new, you know, kind of thing I'm doing personally. And um, it was because she had put in place very specific systems and processes and all the employees were on board and following everything. And she's like, they don't need me so much in the business now. I actually still have a business that's running very successfully and I've gone out and I'm doing something personally myself. And so she has another stream of income. Basically she's now set up because her systems and processes and everyone's following them in the business. And like she said, they don't need me so much anymore. Right. Oh, that is, that's like a (laughs) breath of fresh air, right? Right. When those clients actually do that and that comes to fruition, you know, that, that really should be a goal of every business owner Mm -hmm. is to, it's, if you've read the e-myth, it's very hard. You get, you're, you're the practitioner, Mm -hmm. you're the entrepreneur, um, and so it's very simple for us as business owners to get kind of sucked back into our business um, right. in, in different situations. And so when you can get processes and procedures down and, and your business doesn't depend on you, right? that is like the ultimate goal. Which is the opposite of what some people think, too. Like they don't want to feel that they're not needed, right? Right. Maybe it's even an ego thing. I'm not sure. But it's like, no, the business can't run without me. You know, it's like when we're trying to talk to people about how to delegate some things too, but no one can do this as good as me, you know? But what if something happened? Or if you want to take a vacation and you can't be in the business, it needs to run without you. Right, right. And and you brought up something really um, important too, is what if something happens to the business owner? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when when we work with clients, Again, it's that negative connotation. Nobody wants to talk about being um, possibly disabled or, you know, at at the end, death. Right. And that happens. Mm -hmm. And so you have to kind of think about your business, your Mm -hmm. employees, your team that you have set up, your family, and make sure that those proper plans are in place as well. Right. And, And a succession plan. So we're already in the fourth quarter it's amazing that we're so close to the end oh, of the year. It's nuts. So talking about processes right now, too, what processes should business owners employ in preparation for the year end? So here's our fourth quarter playbook, our mantra. And um, we're, we're reminding clients, get your books and records updated. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you're um, updated through, I mean, we're in October now, so make sure that your numbers should be updated by September 30th. Mm -hmm. You know, we have great tools. We have cloud accounting software. We have verticals and horizontals that plug into things um, of our accounting software that make just the whole process efficient, easily reconcilable, reconcilable. and I know we can we can go off on tangents because I'm making it sound like it's just so simple. Right, which um, of course it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Um, but, you know, technology, people, time, all of those things that we have spoke about. So that's the first thing. Get your books and records in line. Um, don't wait till the year end and mm-hmm. certainly do not wait until February or March and think that your accounting professional is going to be able to take the time because we're dealing with a lot of work compression at that point um, in our calendar. 
The second thing is, and um, something that I know you'll appreciate, Candy, is compliance checks. Mm -hmm. Make sure we're getting ready to go into the 1099, the W-2s that are due now, Mm -hmm. everything, both for the employer and the employee or the payor in the case of 1099s, are due January 31st. Right. Where in years past, we've had that extra little bit of time. The IRS has made our lives a little bit uh, more crazy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No no longer can we take that extra couple days at New Year's, right? (laughs) We start the end of December. Once we know a client is finished, you know, with their stuff, we have to start preparing, you know, looking at those numbers for 1099s. Because like you said, we've literally lost up to two months of time. Yeah. Where it used to be, you know, if it was electronically filed, you had till March. Now it's January 31st. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that um, clients don't, you know, they rely on us to remind them about the deadlines. And so we're getting ready to send out our deadlines, send out our, our podcast of, hey, group, this is what we need to do. So do your compliance checks. Make sure. So what are those compliance checks? Make sure you have your um, W-9s in the case of 1099s in order. Make sure that your prior quarters of payroll, mm-hmm. right, have been filed accurately. Did you miss something? Was there a French benefit that should have been maybe reported? Because the time to amend that and correct that, if you can't take care of it in the fourth quarter, is then. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other big thing, too, is for um, business owners that have the auto benefit, Mm-hmm. or medical insurance benefit. Make sure that your people that are processing your payroll know mm-hmm. um, about that If if you're because it needs to be reported. And once right. you clear the end of the year, it makes everybody's life more of a headache. Right. And then it's going to hold up your individual taxes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's the compliance checks. Uh, I've at, Assess what is due to you, what receivables you have out. So again, you can help your professional do some accurate tax planning. Right. Um, also to see if there's any collections or write-offs mm-hmm. that need to be done. Um, assess what you owe vendors. Again, right. back to that that income and expense matching. Should we take it this year? Can we pay it next year? Right. What's beneficial? And then for cash flow purposes too, what do we have left at the end of the year? Um, and then know how profitable your business is. Is it profitable? Right. Is it at a loss? Just because there's money in the bank doesn't mean you're profitable. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, And then know your tax liability Mm -hmm. so that you're prepared going into um, the tax paying months of of March and April. We don't like surprises. We don't like surprises with our clients. So we like to plan, plan, plan. Right. And I think it's important to just point out here, too, because, again, as we've talked about, this is one of the things people don't want to think about or they, like, put off or they just see, like, oh, bookkeeping is just one of those expenses I have to pay and I'd rather not. But really, this is an investment in their business. If they were keeping up to date as well, they could use that to make these wise financial decisions and do this tax planning before the end of the year. So really seeing, you know, the types of service I offer, the type of services you offer as an investment in their business, not one of those like, oh, I just have to pay this expense. <laughs> right. And and think about it this way, too, is that really by waiting to the end of the year or just shortly after the first of the year to either have your books cleaned up or to bring in a box of receipts, you're receiving very little value as a business owner. Um, you're not taking a proactive view of the business and the um, proactive view of what value your advisors can bring to you in in these and in helping interpret and helping to um, educate you and look over your financials with you to be able to spot things that maybe you're not seeing in your business. Right. Um, we had some uh, clients that had some inventory issues. And when we got their books cleaned up, we could see that inventory was sitting around too long. Mm. And so we had to address those processes right. of when were things supposed to be purchased. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. Figuring that out. I think it's, again, it's important for people to realize that there's so much you can do if you have the information. You yes. can look at, you know, am I spending too much on my cost of goods? Do I need to raise my price or do right. I need to find another, you know, vendor maybe who could help us with that, you know? so. Right. That's really important. Um, Well, it looks like we're getting close to the end of the show. So I want to make sure we know if you have an offer that you would like to share with our listeners. Absolutely. I'd love to offer a a no-cost half-hour phone consultation for year-end planning to your your listeners um, and uh, 
cover best practices as well mm-hmm. um, as we approach the year end. And obviously, people need to be able to reach you. So if you want to share either website or social media or any of that contact information so people can connect with you. Sure. Well, our website is www.putmanfinancialgroup.com. And that has our contact information there. But social media, they can reach out and ping me on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And um, they can also call the office if they, they want to call, um, 310-792-9999. Perfect. This was such a great topic that we were able to talk about today. I'm so glad you are able to join me. And I'm sure you know our listeners got a lot of great information from that as well. Uh, so thank you for being here with me. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was a blast. <laughs> and to the listeners, thank you for joining us today. I hope you found this topic interesting and that it answered some questions about tax planning throughout the year. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Cherie at any of the links she shared, or you can send us a message at media at ab and p.com that's media at a b a n d p.com and remember if you need help with your bookkeeping to be prepared for tax time we are here to help reach out to us to discuss your specific situation next week's topic is navigating employment laws i hope you can join us for this presentation and please remember you can connect with us on twitter Facebook, and LinkedIn, and my website is www.abandp.com. Links can be found on my Voice America page. Remember to tune in each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you can't join us for the live show, you can find the episode saved on the business channel on www.voiceamerica.com or find the podcast posted on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. Until next time, Have a great week. Thank you for listening to BizHelp for You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a terrific week.